Hello everybody, this is Corporal Hicks, and you're listening to the Aliens vs. Predator Galaxy podcast. And with me today are my usual cohorts, Ridgetop. Hello again, everyone. And Xenomorphin. Hey, everyone. And this is uh, it's actually our 30th episode. Um, so we thought we'd, you know, a lot, a lot of the, the podcast talks specifically about Alien or specifically about Predator. And we don't, we don't do a lot of um, Aliens vs. Predator episodes. Uh, We're know. making like the Strauss brothers and going back to the roots. Oh yes, we're going that far <laughs> back. Well, I suppose it's not really that far back. We're going back to the early days of the film. Um, Some of our forum members weren't a born when the um, Briggs script was written. This is certainly so. <laughs> true. We might not necessarily know about the Briggs script. No, probably um, haven't read it. So what we're talking about is the very first attempt at getting Aliens vs Predator made into a film. Was written by a, a chap called Peter Bricks. Uh, we'll talk in a bit more detail about um, you know that that evolution and how he got to make it in a bit. But what we're going to do first is I'm going to slope his shoulder and get Ridgetop to um, summarise the the script story. Well, essentially, it's an indirect adaptation of the original Dark Horse comic. Um, we start off with a group of predators, um, just like we did in the comic, and they're led by a more seasoned predator, uh, referred to as Broken Tusk, again, just like the comic. And uh, they start the story with um, they're on a different planet, and they hunt aliens, they suffer a few losses, and then they end up getting out of there. We follow around Broken Tusk on the mothership for a little while, and we see the same process that we saw in the comic where there's this machine. They have a captive queen on board the ship and there's a machine that removes the eggs that, that are Royal eggs that contain the queen embryos. Um, but for whatever reason, I guess he wanted more of a challenge. Broken tusk overrides the process and sends a queen egg with the other alien eggs, uh, to a planet that I, I don't know if they know this or not. It is colonized by humans um, and it's the planet Rishi, which again is named just like it was in the comic. In the comic, it was more of a desert planet, but in this one, it's kind of a stormy rainforest type planet. So the the predator pods that contain the eggs to seed the planet um, crash into the communications platform. I think one of them hits, but it, it's still going towards the planet. And they crash land. The, the colony on the planet is pretty sizable, and that's where we see our protagonist, which is Hiroki, Hiroko Noguchi, which is clearly based on Machiko Noguchi from the comic. Um, just like the comic, she's pretty much in charge of the colony operations. Uh, he combines two of the different names from the comic to make up her character. I think he so also th describes that she has got Asian ethnicity as well. Right. I was about to say she's like half japanese i think yeah and um like there's this there's this interesting scene where she's practicing with a samurai sword against these holographic ninjas in in her office so that oh yes that, that would have been funny to see i think um I, I will i'll just interject here there is a point where those holograms are used in a very clever way which when I watched Jurassic World, there's a similar thing that happens there, and I thought, oh, you guys have read that Peter Briggs script. Right, yeah, it was <laughs> the exact same thing, if you know what we're talking about, and you've yeah. seen that movie. 
but anyway, um, there is a communication slash hunting outpost a little way away from the colony, and they lose contact with them. Um, the people at that little outpost find the aliens. Uh, I think one or two of them gets face hugged. It's just the one. Oh, is it just the one? It's just and the then, one. Um, the predators are kind of stalking them, but mm. out of concern, one of them sets up like this sentry turret that takes out one of the predators, and after that, the predators just attack. Um, one guy escapes, and another one is, is still there, infected. So they've pretty much lost communication with this little hunting outpost, and they don't know what's going on. So Hiroko and her mechanic friend, um, Cayman, that's they right. go on this little VTOL craft over to the outpost and they find like bodies strung up and the whole place torn apart. So they, they initially think that, um, what was the guy's name who escaped again? York. York. They think he like might've gone crazy or something at some point and just killed him. Um, but, but he actually escaped on the, the hover bike and he's speeding back toward the colony. So they bring, uh, the infected colonist, Ackland, who at this by this time the facehugger's already come off of him, back to the colony. Um, he's examined by an Indian doctor, female character, who's, again, clearly based on her character in the comic. And around that time, um, York makes it back, and he's in a panic. They find a, a predator spear in the, the hovercraft he was on. And when... She, uh, the doctor is examining Ackland. A chest burster pops out of him. She seals the room, tries to slash at it, but I guess it's it's acid takes her out. Unlike the comic where her character survives. Um, so they try and track down the face hugger. It's it's they have this little scene that's very reminiscent of Alien, where they're trying to to track down this little face hugger. But before too long, a hive is already set up, and there's there's aliens all over the place. I would just like to point out that it is like a three-day period, so they do actually right. give up time to grow. And... Yeah, unlike in the Anderson film, the gestation period, yeah, ten minutes. It feels, yeah, it feels more realistic. So pretty much just chaos ensues, and they have to hold themselves up in the central uh, outpost, I guess, of the colony, central compound, and uh, they seal it off. There's a group of survivors, and they come up with a plan to basically, because the colony's been severely damaged with the aliens and the predators at this point, uh, they come up with a plan to lift the that module onto the back of this huge crawler and basically just get out of that area because that's where the hive is set up. Um, and for this to, to happen, they have to manually activate the crane, which means someone going back outside where all the aliens are and Hiroko volunteers. She goes down in the sewer system wearing like a pressure suit. Um, she has a couple close calls with aliens and, and sees signs of the nest, but she manages to get to the crane and activates it. There's another group at this point that's also held up in a different building in the um, auto mechanic bay, I guess. I think this group goes to the auto shop. Right. And so they, the whole module is lifted. They start their evacuation. And at this point, uh, some aliens come on to Hiroko after she has crashed the 
the bike trying to escape, and she's basically at her last stand with the aliens, and then Broken Tusk, who's the only surviving predator at this point, comes in and saves her, gives her a spear, again, similar to like we saw in the the movie we eventually got. And she reluctantly follows him back into the sewer. Uh, one of his <clears throat> uh, hunter buddies, I guess, <laughs> is uh, pinned to the wall, and he activates his self-destruct device. His chest is blown out, but we never see a, a Predalien in the screenplay. Although Briggs does state, he doesn't go into much detail, but he states that there are non-humanoid aliens among the aliens that have come out of the local wildlife. Like there's the rhinos that, again, are straight from the comic, and you have another species of, of lemur that have been affected as well. Um, so there's a fully grown queen in the hive, but there's also a juvenile queen that comes out of like this embryo and starts to pursue them out of the hive. Uh, they eventually get on the VTOL craft again, but there's a stowaway alien that mortally wounds the predator. They crash land. She takes out the alien. And then very much like both the comic and the eventual film, the predator dies and the predator's hunting party appears. They have like a respect for her and they offer her a place on the ship. And she looks back and, and sees the rescue craft coming um, for the survivors of the colony, but she decides to, to go with the predators. Overall, I thought it was a pretty good story. I think it was, it was better than what, what we ended up getting. It was in the future. It was more thoroughly grounded in the aliens universe. So it was more what fans wanted at the same time, though, I could tell it was definitely an early draft. Some of the dialogue, especially the attempts at humor that were very frequent, uh, were a little wonky, I thought. I thought it was very sort of 90s in the, um, well, maybe even late 80s, 90s, in, in the one-off, one-line humor attempts. Yeah. You know, um, Sprout and the kind of things that Hudson might have done a better job at. <laughs> Yo mama bone face. Yeah, oh god, that I saw I saw that bit and I was like, that bit would have gone out for the second draft. <laughs> yeah. Well Briggs does say in interviews that in the second draft he he literally says the dialogue was completely reworked. So that mm. indicates to me that he, he realised it was you know, not quite working and he he completely redid all the dialogue. Yeah. You do you overall... do realise there are I mean it was Way back then, when as a, it was hot from like Desert Storm, and in the news there were a lot of talk about you know smart bombs, smart missiles, and about three or four times in quick succession, I remember reading this, and they they do use smart things, smart this, smart that, and I do remember thinking, oh, you can tell this is from the Gulf War era, <laughs> it's been right. directly influenced. Um, there are some clever bits in it, though, like, as I said, this hologram part, which, you know, if you've seen Jurassic World, but, you know, she's, uh, they're holograms like in Total Recall that they you know, use for training or sparring. But, you know, if you're being attacked by something which clearly isn't human, you use the hologram as a distraction. Um, things like that, I, I thought, oh, that's clever. I hadn't really seen that anywhere else. But, you know, since this film has been made, you not just Jurassic World, but even in like Star Trek First Contact, they use a similar thing. So certain things which were written at the time, um, you know, they've been used in other films since. So um, if it would be modified 
you know, refined these days, they'd have to replace certain plot devices like that, which would have worked great back then if it had been fresh, but um, they'd have to put a new angle on certain things in it, I think. Yeah. Um, but as a, as a general opinion, good, bad of the script? I mean, the... I liked the original comic, and it, it wasn't too far yeah. from that. Overall, I thought it—I thought it was a good story with a couple revisions. Yeah, it could have been awesome. I think the main reason they probably didn't go ahead with it was was the budget. I mean, just some of the stuff that's described in the screenplay. The entire colony is suspended like above a swamp in this rainforest planet, and uh, there's a lot of scenes of just total chaos with countless aliens, and they have about five predators in the story as well. So. I suppose technically um, it's, it's it's over five though. I mean, you have you have the initial five in the right. first um, hunt, and then the main five in the main bulk of the story, and then an entire ship full of them. Right. So mm. you have the inside of the predator ship. You have this huge colony, uh, all these things, and and Fox typically doesn't like to spend too much money on R-rated films like this, even though AVP ended up being PG-13. Well, Briggs himself, in the interview, he did, in a later interview, he did say that, um, in his estimation, if it had been made, it would have cost, had to have cost at least $100 million, and that was, that's what that interview was... That's what know, it says at one point. In, yeah. I mean, in, in another interview, he did also say 30, 40 mil. Yeah. It, it dep- I mean, stuff like the colony being suspended, I mean, stuff like that isn't absolutely crucial to the overarching story that could have been changed in another draft i will say i I am it's never to come in the public domain but i would be very interested in the unseen second draft because i know the the entire first part when the fire when you're introduced to the predators and the alien right at the beginning that's been completely changed about a third of the diet of the thing as a whole has been changed and all the dialogue has so i i would be interested to see exactly what has been changed yeah must, me too um but like you guys i do prefer the the actual script over what we got um and again like you guys say it does need some obvious polishing, polishing yeah. but as as the basic framework i think it was yeah. a far superior thing and um, Fox, Fox did buy the screenplay from him, right? They were yeah. planning on using yeah. it till it, I think it was Joe Roth left. And, yeah, and pretty much. Once... Yeah, he's the reason it didn't. Because as I remember it, um, he was the guy that was championing it. And when he went off, I think it was him. He went off to Disney. I think Briggs said that because no one was championing it, all that was left were just the the different Wobbling producers. Yeah, the different producers behind the Predator and Aliens. Are they were all competing for who gets what percentage? And ironically, yeah. it does back up Ripley's quote about everyone's fucking one another over for a goddamn <laughs> percentage. Um, right. But that's ultimately what kept it in development hell mm. and you have to wonder maybe if he hadn't have left for disney maybe the guy who was championing it could have forced it yeah. through but because briggs was just on his own you know nothing you know yeah what happened happened mm. well should right. we talk a little bit about the um, actual you know how how we got the script now um you know talk talk about getting up to peter briggs writing it a little bit of backstory sure um Okay, so Briggs um, himself um, had always wanted to pretty much be a director, um, and he his story he was a of cameraman. Wasn't he, he was, he was yes, yes. Um, 
because he he ended up dropping out of college um, to go and live with uh, his girlfriend at the time, and he did the age-old story of working his way up through the industry. So you know, being a runner, getting all the coffee, and then um, he became a cameraman. But he eventually sort of turned his sights towards screenwriting instead, um, and you know. As as is with life, um, his first writing gig wasn't necessarily particularly interesting. He was working for a, I think it was a TV um, a TV channel, Paramount UK, um, and trying to develop uh, projects for them. But it wasn't working out. They didn't, in his words, they didn't know what they were doing with sci-fi. Um, so again, you know, he sort of turned his sights elsewhere and wanted to try and get um, some attention from a producer called Joel Silver who some of you will probably already know as the producer for one of the producers for Predator so Briggs thought you know what I'm going to try and write a decent enough sample to sort of get him a rewrite on another project or you know get him a little bit of attention yeah it was just a here I am I mean, he wasn't intending to just, say I want to do Alien vs. Predator. It was yeah. just a sample piece saying this is of his capable. work. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know Briggs himself was was a Predator fan. He was an Alien fan. Um, you'll actually find his name in a old, it was Starlog, an old yeah. Starlog magazine where um, James Cameron was addressing criticisms about Aliens. Yeah. It's um, ironic that Briggs is often people say, oh, you know, he, he likes aliens and all the rest of it, but he was criticising James Cameron for mm. um, certain things he he preferred about the Ridley Scott film. And it's certainly an interesting read. I do uh, I do suggest um, finding that. I think it might even be on um, our staff member Valaquin's blog, um, Strange Shapes. Yes, um, I think so. So you can you can find that that article on there. It's really really fun read actually. Um, so yeah, he was an existing fan, and the AVP comics had just started coming out, or just finished the run. I, I couldn't quite figure out the timeline of this. Um, mm. So he decided he was going to adapt, uh, adapt the comic. Yeah, because everyone was looking around saying, "What's the next big thing?" And I think in one interview, he he see he saw them on you know the the newsagent shelves, and he you remember thinking, "That's it, Alien mm. spread it, that's it." So, you know, I think he said it was a six-week period between June and September of 1991. Um, he wrote Aliens vs. Predator, or as his draft was titled, The Hunt, Alien yeah. vs. Predator. So, you know, we, we've already talked a little bit about the um, the story of, of the film at this point, but then he's left with this script that he's written. And his agent at the time... Um, it, it was pretty much all very coincidence. It was all right time, Fortuitous. right place. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he handed this um, script to, um, you know, his agent, and his agent was like, what the fuck am I going to do with this? <laughs> um, but <laughs> funnily enough, his agent had a meeting with um, Larry Gordon from Fox, um, and that same day, that same meeting sold that spec script and it was funny because literally days before um, yeah. Briggs's agent met with uh, Larry Gordon Fox had asked Gordon to develop 
Aliens vs Predator. Mm. So, you know, over a space of three days, this all fell into place for these people. So it ended up being a lot more than, um, you know, here's what I can do. Um, obviously, it all sort of fell apart at the end, but up until that point, you know, it was... It was it, 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 he still it says to well. this day that he's, he's thank, even though it was a really hellish process, he's still thankful because it got his his name out there as a you know he got his career in writing really started. Yeah, um, and as we mentioned earlier, the um, it were, the, the the AVP project was championed by one specific person at Fox, who was Joe Roth, and he he was the chairman of the company, and that. You know, um, Roth was handed Briggs a script and optioned that second draft pretty much immediately, um, and you know that that, that tidied up um, tidied up a lot of the issues with um, with the first script with the spec script. And uh, as Zinio Murphy said earlier, you know we haven't actually seen that, which is a shame. Um, so if anybody out there does happen to have that script, um, you know, feel free to upload it and send it over. Even even Peter Briggs doesn't have that anymore. No, you, it's Briggs has confirmed how the beginning scene would have differed, though, hasn't it? Yeah, with um, I've had chance to talk to him over the years, and um, you know, he's always he's always very happy to sort of talk about it. And um, he did drop a few details from what he remembered. Obviously, this this was a long time for him, a long time ago for him. Um, so the the difference is the first um, the first draft the uh, the spec draft opens on this barren desert planet and uh, you know you have aliens fighting in the cave hived up cave system the second drift uh, drift second draft was um, set aboard a uh, it was a derelict ship not engineer derelict yeah. space jockey a derelict it was it's just set adrift yeah yeah and it's just space junk. What kind of ship was it? Oh, okay. So basically, um, this salvage team picks up one of the predators' seeding pods. You know, one of the pods they send out with the uh, eggs and stuff on it. And chaos ensues. That ship's infected. Blah 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 blah. blah. Oh, that's uh, okay. Yeah, it's it specifically. Right. So that's what that's it's that ship, right? Yeah, and um, the predators show up and dock with the the infested ship, and. You know, the ship's powerless, it's adrift, the artificial gravity's off, floating debris everywhere in the corridor. Very event horizon. Yeah. Ironically. And um, so, you know, Q-Zero gravity combat between aliens mm. and predators. And, Fully uh, armoured up space yeah. suit type predators. And floating acid blood yes. all over the place. You know what, ever since I first heard about that, I've always wanted to see the yes. aliens in zero gravity. Especially fighting yeah. predators. It's a cooler idea than than the first draft for sure, but mm. yeah, that, that definitely would have added to the budget a little bit. <laughs> yes. To do a whole other human ship and then do zero gravity combat between aliens and predators. Yeah, it would certainly have been uh, expensive, but interesting. Worth it. Yeah. Worth it. Definitely as, worth as it. As long as it works out fine. And that and as that is your first initial scene, you'd have to say, well, how do you top that? So. Mm. Well, significantly uh, better than uh, the. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the first uh, first attempt anyway. I love the yeah. the hived up cave system because even, you know when I read that for the first time as I'm reading through it, it came off as very respectful of both series, yeah. uh, as well as being a very sort of 
sounded exciting as I was reading it. I was enjoying it. But the, the whole zero gravity thing, we've not seen it. Um, so that, that that would have really helped it stand out as well. Well, I mean, we've we've seen it in the comics. The, the um, book two starts. Yeah, out but it's only on the outside, thing. though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but exactly. We were never seeing it on screen, so mm. it would have been very, especially with, as you say, acidic blood. Okay. So one of the things that I wanted to bring up is in the eventual film, Paul Anderson's film, he does a very slow build, and and we don't really see the aliens and the predators until almost halfway through the film, whereas this one. You know, we see them almost immediately, like in the first scene. Do you guys think that might have been too soon to, to show both the creatures? Would it have taken away from, well, from the build-up? In, in fairness, in Anderson's film, you, in the theatrical cut, yes, it's like that. In the extended cut, there is actually that scene right at the beginning where it's that whaling station as it was back in the day, and you do see a guy getting hunted by an alien, and you see a predator. I mean, it's little glimpses of the alien and predator but you do see them right from the start in that one but um yeah it was deleted so you do have a different pacing even anderson's very very first draft before um shane salerno um tidied it up for the shooting stuff uh, they did also include sort of like two two openings oh um, yes yeah, one right. one was it's in, it's in the novel too yeah yeah um so it was America, yeah, how far? How long ago was it? It's several thousand BC Thousands, or whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and uh, you have um, Aztecs in hunting in the um, the jungle around around their pyramids, and the aliens and the predators show up there, and then you mm. again scoot to Antarctica and the whaling station. Um, but no, I personally don't think it would have been a negative uh, um, to to show it that that early. Um, if you remember back when Anderson was doing AVP, he used to sprout off on how he was following the formula of alien and aliens, and he was taking his time to build into it. Um, but a lot of that was also used for character development. You got to know these guys that were getting into the yeah. conflict, and it didn't work for Anderson because he had shit characters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they, they weren't interesting, but Briggs yeah. knew the point. It was The point was aliens versus Predator. Well, yeah, so. he said in interviews that with things like when he was on, because and actually he's got a, a bit of a history with these kind of big sort of, concept project. He was in like Freddy versus Jason and Judge Dredd, blah blah blah. I know in when he was doing Freddy versus Jason, he said he did he'd only he didn't want to do it, but he's, they went on him to do it. Can we please do it? And he said, yeah, okay, I'll do it if I can write it my way. And he wanted to write it, he wanted to make a much more darker, mature take on Freddy vs. Jason. And he said, you can kind of, because the problem with Freddy vs. Jason, you mention the name and everyone's expecting it to be like a wrestling contest. And he said, to an extent, you can do it with Aliens vs. Predator, because with that, everyone's expected, the audience is primed to see Aliens and Predators on screen right from the get-go, because they know what they look like. Yeah, so I yeah. think that plays into this question, Bruce, about... Would it have, you know, negated the tension? I think if it if it was like a big massive battle scene, yeah, there's there's you can say, well, you know, save some stuff for later. But I think if it was a relatively quick, you know, five minute type thing, um, not too different like the version on the extended cut of Anderson's one, actually, um, that can totally work, especially if it's something new like the zero gravity thing because we haven't seen 
how that would happen in zero gravity, especially with acid blood, as I say. Um, if it's some other massive set piece, then yeah, you're kind of like you, you're, you're opening all your Christmas presents. But yeah. I think something which is has like a unique take on it or something different about it, I think you can afford to give the audience a little taste of what they've paid a ticket for to make them go, oh, fuck, yes, and then kind of then go into the rest of it. I think you can afford right. it when it's something with a title saying Aliens versus Predator, as opposed to Prometheus, where you don't know what to expect. With Alien versus Predator, you're paying for Aliens versus Predator. It's right there in the title. As long as, yeah, as, long as you time it right, you, you, you don't have to blow your load as it were all in one go you can you uh, there's room to say that can work that can be justified and you know just to sort of keep on topic of early days of avp but slightly to the side not to do with peter briggs um you know some point in in the development um about 1992 um it was reported that roland emmerich and dean devlin um were assigned to direct AVP. Um, it was only talked about briefly in some magazines, um, but one one such example that um, I actually managed to get my hands on, thanks to a member of the community, uh, Fuck from the forums, um, is in one of the Aliens magazines that used to be published in the UK. And we never really learnt a lot about the, uh, the story of it but it did sound like it was um, Peter Briggs um, because it was described as um, being on a jungle planet mm. and only loosely based on the comic um, but then a subsequent uh, well from talking with Briggs himself and uh, another article that I managed to find they had no interest in using Briggs's work whatsoever and uh, wanted to start from scratch I mean, I've only managed to find one specific myself, and that was that their alien, from the sounds of it, there would only have been one, but it would have been a pred-alien. Or... They, they called it a prey a pre-alien. Pre, yeah, P-R-A-L-I-N. Yeah. It's a little silly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it did sort of make me think that um, Dorman's, uh, Dave Dorman's artwork might have been done for them. Yeah, um, probably. Because um, Briggs... Um, wasn't a fan. Well, no, I, he hated the word predalien, but I think you know, he, um, Ridgetop said earlier that it hints at a predalien, but you don't actually see it in the initial yeah. in the initial script. But we we don't know if the second draft. Had that, it, yeah, yeah, that's what I was uh, going to say. Um, um, chatting to him, I did ask about if any, because I was trying to find out who Dave Dorman's artwork was done for. Oh, because I, I can never I can never fit up the timeline to it because I can't get a specific year that right. it was done they always say mid 90s yeah. but by all <laughs> accounts avp was done by 93 yeah uh, 94 um but um so i did sort of think maybe maybe it was that who knows i don't know right. uh, but but briggs yeah did mention didn't specifically say a predalien but um in one of the sequences in his second draft um, he had something in, you know, in, in the script along the lines of, um, and I'm quoting here, uh, vague hints of skeletal juggernauts with forms and shapes reminiscent of the pre- cocooned predators. Ah. So, you know. Yeah, that seems odd. I mean, why would you, yeah, it wouldn't yeah. be reminiscent of them if it wasn't. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, that's that's all that ever happened of the um, Emmerich and Devlin stuff, and mm. that's all I can seem to find find out about it. Yeah, so they would have used a, a different script, but I mean, for all we know, it might have been a script which was based on Brooks one. So. Mm. Um, well, I, I don't mm. know if they were ever going to write it themselves. I mean, um, Devlin and Emmerich are known as a duo that do um, blockbuster films themselves. They do yeah. tend to write them and direct them. Well, yeah, I mean, I fit from what I remember, because I do remember seeing that article in the Aliens comic when it came out on, about Emmerich. I think it, they were saying that it was hot off their success of Universal Soldiers. So yeah. they were seen as, oh, these two guys, they're making successful films. But I, I've said on the forums in the last, I think it was half a year ago, something like that. Um, recently, I managed to see a film they did together, or very early Moon film. Moon 44. Moon 44, which was, I think it's Devlin's only actual appearance as an actor um and yes it's it's obviously a b movie yes it's obviously kind of like done on the cheap but the, if you watch it you'll see the cinematography is very, very it, you can tell they i don't know who the cinematographer was but um cinematographer was but it's very close to the cinematography in aliens if just from the lighting the way things are shot it's very similar so i've always wondered was that also a factor for them being hired i thought they were a guilty pleasure a duo of mine as well so i would have been interested to see what they came up with oh yeah i mean, I, I love independence day to this mm. day I, it, it's just the right balance of tongue-in-cheek and ominous serious stuff and like with stargate it was but, also yeah. it was people forget at that time we hadn't really had you know it was return of the jedi and then there was this long break of like no you know spacecraft dogfighting. there was nothing like that except for those who did it in stargate then they did it with independence day so um but they do have a slightly superficial way of scripting their stuff so i'd have been interested to see what they would have come up with visually but um, I don't know how they would have handled the kind of, you know, the characters. Yeah. I think if you watch Universal Soldier, that's as close to how they would have done it pacing-wise, etc., with Alien vs. Predator, which, interestingly, does have some jungle scenes in it. So you do kind of wonder, was that also a hint of what they might have done shooting-wise as well? Mm. But they never seem to talk about it anymore, so... No, we'll never. I don't. We'll never know. <laughs> I have. I had tried tweeting them about it actually. Oh, okay. But yeah, you know, there's no. There was no reply to that. Yeah. Um, but that that was just a fun little aside that uh, I thought people yeah. might be interested in. I mean, that's the closest to who we know would have definitively been in with a chance of definitely directing because we know they're on the record of saying yes hands up mm. we were involved in getting trying to get this off the ground yeah. so um that's the closest mm. well, they they been. never did a story treatment or a script or anything for it mm. either um but yeah i'm sure uh, they were brainstorming yeah they, they were brainstorming ideas yeah. but very little as we'll find out towards the end was actually done for AVP. Mm. Uh, very little complete things were done. Um, but yeah, uh, back on back on track. Um, I think Briggs said he spoke to the guys at EDI though, right? Yes. yes. Um, that, that was a recent thing. I hadn't really heard of that re until recently. Um, apparently... I think he said also in an interview, him and a friend of his were partly responsible for getting Giga involved in Alien 3 as well. 
Uh, yeah, I think that's what he said. Do you do you remember Ridge Top? No, I only it's... remember seeing that at a glance. Yeah, it's in one of the interviews, but he, he, Briggs was actually partly responsible for getting Giga involved in that. Mm. So, uh... but yeah, yeah, he did meet with the ADI guys. Yeah. Uh, hang on, I think it might be in this article here. Okay, yep, yeah, got it. Okay, so um, you know, at some point in 1991. Uh, so this was, I think this was during the time he was writing it, or just before, because I think it gets brought up in, in the article itself. This this particular one's on Bloody Disgusting, who have a good relationship with Peter Briggs as well. Mm. And um, this particular article was when um, Briggs was responding to um, some stuff that Sigourney Weaver had said at the London Film and Comic Con. In about, yeah, very recently. Yeah, yes. Ju- July time, I think it was. And... Um, uh, Weaver's going on about how she demanded Ripley be killed because they, she found out um, Fox wanted to do an Aliens vs Predator and uh, getting all indignant about yeah. it. And she, it's, it's fair to say she's never read the script. I don't think I'm sure she's never read the comic. She's only aware of the concept. Mm. So and she, like she's James very vocal Cameron, about yeah. not liking it. Yeah, she doesn't like the concept, but um, she'd never actually read Briggs' mm. script or anything. Um, but yeah, but Briggs was responding, you know. True, that's not really true. You couldn't have known about it at that point. Yeah. Um, but in in this article, he talks about um, um, wrangling a uh, set visit on Alien Three um, at the shoot's end. And I get, I'm reading from this article now as a guest of um, ADI. Um, he went with a, a journalist buddy of his, um, a film journalist buddy named uh, Jahani Nermi. And um, they, where about? Oh, this gets confusing because of all the timeline of Alien Three as well. Um, (laughs) It was when uh, Rennie Harling was um, attached to do it. So this must have been very early on, wasn't Harling the first uh, first director they had on board? Harling, then Ward, and then Fincher. He he was one of the early ones. Um, so they sort of suggested this idea of getting uh, Giga involved um, because um, the, this journalist um, Jahani was a, uh, a, a long-time friend of um, Harlan and um, Giga. Hmm. Um, but how that works out in the timeline, I, don't, I, I can't really remember because hmm. you know Alien. But, but it is kind of like one of the, another one of those little fortuitous things, you know. <laughs> Fate seemed to be working its way through Briggs himself. Well, the, it says later on, um, you know, when he's talking to Tom and Alec, um, that he Briggs was working on this um, AVP script, mm. and uh, they said to them, um, "I don't see, don't see how that would happen." Mm. And you know, it's kind of funny because ADI would later go on to actually do the um, the creature okay. work, the creature effects yeah. for um, for both AVP films. Mm. So that's kind of funny. In that, um, but yeah, by about um, so it sort of stopped about by '93 when Joe Roth left um, left Fox, and he was this big champion of the whole project. But even with the Fox chairman, you know, really wanting to get this done, AVP, Aliens, and Predator belong to two sets of people. Yeah. And you know, we we mentioned it briefly earlier that. 
um, that was essentially what killed uh, killed the film, sent it into development hell. Was this infighting? I think the Predator guys were all for it, but mm. the the people who held the rights to the Alien series, they were sort of making more of an obstacle. About. Yeah, um, there's, there's one. Um, it's not an actual quote, but it's it's something to the effect of I think it was David Geiler who was, um, you know, he's one of the more vocal of the Alien producers, said something about, I'm violently opposed to this because it dilutes the whole Alien franchise. Yeah. Um, but the majority of the issues seem to be monetary, um, who would yes. get what percentage of the grosses and who would receive credit. And credit was an issue that ended up, the writing credit of um, the final film became an issue. Um and was in, uh, you know, sort of arbitration for a while, so... Oh, yeah, with the Anderson film. Yeah, with the Anderson script. But, um... So, Joe Roth leaves, 93. AVP disappears. Flounders, yeah. yeah. Gets locked down until it was resurrected as a corpse mm. much later. Um, and apparently, um... So, um... So, told, only two actual complete, um script, well, that's it, no, not two complete scripts. Um, Briggs wrote two complete scripts, and... Yeah, he did um, two drafts, yeah. and then there were one or two actual other writers that did it. No, only only Anderson. Um, as far okay. as complete works go, only Anderson, and then later rewrites by Shane Salerno. Mm. Um, so, you know, every there was always lots of rumours and lots of noise. Yeah, um, but, I remember there being lots of rumours yeah. about this person and that person. Um, John Davis, who um, was the pre- one of the Predator producers and would ultimately um, produce the Anderson's AVP, um, he was taking pictures. He was listening to uh, pictures um, even, even after 93, even after when it all sort of ground to a halt. Yeah, I, th- I think that's where some of those rumours might Yeah, be. a lot you of the rumours come from them. Yeah, you can pitch something to a producer, but whether you get a chance to write, write a script no. is... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's like phase one, phase two. <laughs> and the, the most notable of which was um, by a pair called uh, James DeMonaco and Kevin Fox, which was in 92, which was... At 92, uh, 2002, when all the rumours started um, coming up about... Um, this AVP film where a man becomes a predator. Basically, it just sounds what? like... What? Uh, do you not remember this? Uh, I've got vague, fuzzy okay. memories about a man becoming a predator. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Go well, on, you, you'll, you'll recognise it, as I say. Okay. It. Um, it's probably not as daft as it actually sounds, because the summary sounds... <laughs> no, no. It wait, sounds wait a you... Dan O'Bannon. No, no, it's not that oh, bad. Dear. Okay. It sounds very much like an adaptation of a comic, which you should recognise from this summary. So this is a summary I managed to find about the Demonica one, Fox Pitch. And it is, a man becomes a predator after discovering a crashed predator ship. His team of researchers use the alien eggs to create an environment of conflict to lure the predators back to study their technology and prolong his life. Right. And does that not sound vaguely like a pretty decent AVP comic. Oh yeah, Eternal. There you go, bang on the money. Um, so they all the synopsises of these pair tend to rotate around this idea that sounds very vaguely like Eternal. And even when Anderson was um, announced to be doing the film, the stories that they often, the story for the film that they often said 
sounded vaguely like um, Eternal. But so it wasn't like a guy literally. No, he. Going have through you not? Have you not read Eternal? Uh, I, I don't okay. think I've read well, that the, one. The no. basic idea I've of heard, it. I've heard lots about it. Though, yeah. yeah, he doesn't become a predator. Right. Um, basically, okay. they discover something about the predator biology prolongs human life. Yeah, but it wasn't literally. No, he didn't literally turn It wasn't into... David Cronenberg stuff. No, it was. It was <laughs> nothing like that. I think that was just a case of the reporting at the time. Okay. Or, or, or maybe, maybe what... Demonico and Fox actually went that far in in their pitch. I don't yeah. know. Well, I mean, I mean, we are talking about the AVPs, but some people out there might not be familiar. When Dan O'Bannon didn't actually pitch this, but I think Dan O'Bannon was asked before before he passed on, obviously, about or I think he it was, was just, just tended to be stuff he floated in interviews yeah, rather than anything officially. He said, "Well, my, if I was asked to do it, I would have had it so that the alien was discovered to, you know, go through a metamorphosis and." The, the aliens when they come out of another kind of growth they molt their skin and they become the predator um, I don't think he ever really fleshed that idea out but a lot of people say oh they should have given the rights back to Dan O'Bannon you say well you know this is the kind of ideas O'Bannon was coming up with and I go oh okay then. So, you know, I've got respect for the guy but um, you know you hear about ideas like that and you think oh yeah there were some weird ones floated around <laughs> over the years certainly were um, I mean even in Re- was it just Requiem or were there some rumours that if this might have happened in Anderson's one as well about the you know there would have been a Predalien but I know in the Requiem one they wanted the Predalien to actually be able to uh, cloak itself and stuff Yeah. but yeah, weren't there some rumours about it happening in the Anderson one as well I don't remember anything about the Anderson one um, do you really okay. No, but but yeah, I mean, you look at some of the original ideas of the AVPR script, and I'm I'm thankful thankful we oh, got yeah. what we did um, because <laughs> they they had some pretty off the wall stuff, and even stuff that they shot like the Predalien retaining predator habits, like skinning skinned predator Ugh. bodies in the ship. Well, no, I mean that stuff I can kind of see because there's been that. If you look through the, you know, forums and news board over the years, there's always been this wonder about the thing about the theory of was the the alien focusing on Lambert because Kane had a crush on her at some point. There's always been this thing: does the alien retain some kind of subconscious from its host? So I could kind of see a Predalien maybe having, you know, going for the head when it kills someone or hanging its body up. I could kind of see that happening. But things like, you know, having the ability to naturally go invisible and stuff and that kind of stuff, that is going too far in my mind. Right. Well, thankfully, it was all exercised um, in the end. Uh, because for, I, I don't think a lot of people were very interested in, in seeing it. Well, you see, I mean, you see the making of book, which I, I didn't pay money for. I got it on a PDF. Someone had it. And um, when you do get, they were literally con- entertaining a lot of ideas about there's this whole sequence about aliens using sheep, I think, because some kind of weird halfway breeding cycle thing in Requiem. So it was the ideas were really going off the wall back yeah, then. But, they they um, didn't have a clue what they were doing. No, it wasn't nearly so cohesive as the Briggs one, which 
you know, admitted it, it, it wasn't complete. He changed things, but it wasn't completely original. It was definitely heavily adapted from the original comic, which mm. I still say still stands up really well today. Yeah, definitely. Well, the sequel, not so much. I, I think yeah. I think the sequel was called War, wasn't it? Um, um, yes, it was. The first part of that, when they're capturing an alien queen, I think all of that fantastic. works really well. Yeah. And then it, yeah, and then it kind of like the story gets really messy after that. But the first, very first AVP comic, I still love flipping through to this day. Yeah, likewise. And I think there was a, a limited edition of the first issue of that comic that came with the AVP game collector's edition that came out in 2010. And they redid US as well. Oh, was cheeky, it just cheeky US? bastards? Yeah. You, you found yourself a copy though. Didn't I you? did. I ended up getting a copy off somewhere. Yeah, but it's they redid all the colors and added some detail, and it looks like it looks phenomenal. gorgeous. Yeah, I have well, no like idea. The HD update. Yeah, and and the, yeah. it wow. was it was pretty much um, issue zero of AVP, um, which was an additional issue they did, which was like a bit of a prologue. Um, um, so they redid the artwork of that, and it, it was no, it, was it issue one? Yeah, the, well, they did both of them. They did the did... issue zero, which is like a little side story um, that had the, the predator that kind of cheated the other one. Out oh, no, no, that's um, Blood Time? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so so they had that one, and then they had the first issue of the AVP comic. Okay. And it was gorgeous. But, it, they should, it would have been really nice to see them redo um, the, the comic with, with that artist, because my, one of my biggest issues with... AVP was it was really inconsistent. The artwork was right. No, well, the, the colouring was. Mm. I remember there were certain parts that. Well, yeah, it was the colouring they redid in this. Or something the... they they did. Yeah, they coloured the, the something purple one issue and then a different yeah, black another it. one. But yeah, but I do remember because they I, some people were writing in letters to the Aliens comic back the day when that was first coming out, and they said, "Well, you know, we're." Because the, it was originally being published black and white, and then partway about two or three issues into it, they started colouring it, and they said we 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 are aware there are some errors, and we're trying to do it well, but, but because we're that we're so close to the publishing deadline, we will get errors from time to time. So, yeah. you know that I think played into it. But it would be interesting if they kind of like redid some of those early stories with you know. I have no idea why why they didn't just redo the whole comic like that. Um, hopefully they will someday because it, it did look really great. It'd be nice for an anniversary as well. Um, like an anniversary edition or a release or something. Right. Like that. When when the next one comes up, I forget when it came out. Was it was it ninety or was it was it ninety one that it finished? Not sure. Ah well. Um, I think it was 91, actually. I think that'd be perfect, perfect um, sort of gift to to give to the community. Well, I but think there... that's gone. I was gonna. Oh, I, w I was just gonna say there were definitely similarities. I think kind of going back to to what came of Anderson's film. Eventually, what we got, you see mm. little things in the script like the alien warrior getting its face sliced off, or someone getting pinned with the predator spear. Um, yeah came in begging Hiroko to kill him when he's infected in the hive and the predators there with her things that were pretty much directly used. So I, I have to wonder if Anderson read this script at all. He claims he didn't, if I remember rightly. 
Yeah, although there is a Briggs interview where he said he met with one of um, Anderson's the yeah. colleagues or something, and, and he said he wondered why he was being so closely quizzed about his draft of the script and what happened to it. And he says that he suspects what happened is that Anderson was, try, as he puts it, hatching his plan to get into Fox at that stage. Mm-hmm. So... I'm pretty sure he, you know, there are lots of rooms about Anderson did or didn't have access to this or that. I I think it's clear he was at least aware of certain things. He he also made some claim about it being locked down at Dark Horse. Um, Briggs described. And Briggs said no, no, it definitely isn't. Yeah, because it was Fox's property. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And there was another, talking about sneaky, sneaky Anderson, there was another point later on. (laughs) Where Briggs had dinner with somebody who ended up being being um, involved in AVP, and um, I think this must have been when all the arbitration stuff was cracking off um, over who would get writing credits. So they, everybody involved was given access to all the material. So Briggs had read Anderson's script slash Salerno script, whatever. They, he was talking to this producer about it and brought up some queries about some stuff in it when. Um, when the film actually came out, Briggs noticed that the stuff they, some of the stuff he'd pointed out had been fixed following this conversation. So it was sort of like, you know, they they'd gone back and done a, yeah. uh, gone and re- uh, addressed it. But yeah, that that whole arbitration stuff was uh, relatively interesting. I mean, there there were a lot of undeniable simula- similarities between Briggs' script and and the actual comics themselves. But I I think that Anderson. Was a little, maybe it it took more elements of the script than I think you could say Briggs did. I mean, sure Briggs had names, but those names weren't strictly associated with with the comic counterparts. So the most obvious of which is is Noguchi uh, Hiroko, um, but a lot of the a lot of the core elements are aren't there. Uh, in Briggs's script, you know the the whole blooding thing, the whole coming of age, um, being a coming of age ritual that that wasn't included. Um, no, I, th- I think the the blooding stuff, yeah, but I mean you you can just infer from how the predators are using the aliens that they're using them as a you know a coming of age type of challenge. I don't I don't think that particularly came across my whole well, not, not maybe not age but you know they're yeah. using it as the ultimate challenge yeah well that, that's they're that's using what aliens I got from it. and nothing else they're just using aliens. That, see that's what i liked better um a problem i've always had with the blooded stuff is you know aliens are supposed to be the ultimate prey yeah. but um you know it's all right when when you decide you don't want to be a teenager anymore just fucking pop out and kill local aliens they didn't <laughs> particularly come across as being ultimate because that's what you had to do to be a man as far as the predators were concerned yeah that that's what's always bugged me about the concept in general if you're going to do an alien versus predator thing you need they to both be, need to be deadly yeah they need to because otherwise it destroys the whole point of why are the predators considering aliens the ultimate the the thing in the entire galaxy maybe several galaxies the one thing that will give them the biggest challenge if they're able to so easily dispatch them you need to have every single um confrontation where okay the predators might have an edge at range but once it gets toe to toe it will depend purely on the environment and situation you can't tell who is going to win 
and oh, um, I will... if you get that wrong it sets off the entire dynamic and in that point it, it makes the entire mm. story a little pointless because you think well what, why do they do it in the first place and that was something that I thought Briggs did really well um, which was every encounter um, was pretty deadly yeah, you I mean, do get a feeling of tension in each um, confrontation. Yeah. I mean, the, the first casualty of the script is a predator. Um, in terms of, you know, aliens versus predator. The first mm. creature to go down is a predator. And it's very sort of bare to the bones. The only the predators only just make it out. And that's, that's pretty consistent throughout the script, I think. Um, yeah, you know, when everything starts to go to shit and they're getting in there and they're brawling and whatever um, the predators do go down, they start to lose and you know it ultimately ends up just being Broken Tusk left alive um, and it plays to their their strengths which I I do also feel Anderson kind of did in, in the finished product I mean, you know in, in AVP Grid gets the early upper hand because he's stealthy. He's doing what the aliens should be doing. They should be relying on their stealth and getting up close. And um, you know they're, they're not a ranged creature unless you have a ma- massive tail. I mean that could have been done a little yeah. better, but you know it, it is. It does get that gets chopper because it's quiet, it's stealthy, and it's yeah. Nails I, mean, I like that aspect, but I mean there there are certain parts we I. Uh, I know it was done on a low, but lot lower budget than most people realise. But I, I, you know, they're on the side of the predators and aliens. They aren't quite feeling like an alien and predator. I know the alien is one point in the first big fight between the predator and alien, and the predator throws this alien over it hits a wall and the aliens literally just squealing and, mm. and going circling 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 around the ground like a little kind of the, beetle that can't get up and the, that, the actual confrontation every time. Yeah. the actual confrontation between grid and celtic is poorly done i think the the, yeah. the intent uh, yeah i can say but that first kill of of chopper i think's bob on for what the alien should be and then later on when you've got um, when Scar finally gets his shoulder cannon and he's fucking owning down that tunnel, that is mm. what that should be. Um, but the, the the big fight, I think, was poorly choreographed. And um, it didn't help because costumes were bulky. I want to see, you know, I, I put on my profile on the forums, you know, favourite creature, alien or whatever, but I'm a fan of both creatures. I like yeah, to see a, a, a predator being properly athletic. I mean, yeah. go back to the first predator film. And that thing, it's not just like leaping between trees. It's actually being a proper gymnastic assassin. People think, you know, the the big fanboy stereotype of a predator is a big, big hulking armoured thing. But they're meant to be like high tech ninja things that are really sadistic. And I'd love to see that pitted against the kind of alien we saw in like aliens, you know, when they're actually leaping between wall to wall to wall and they're just a blur of energy. Something like that where you have each creature playing to its strengths. But, you know, in Aliens vs Predator you had a predator die because it was arrogant. And okay, that's okay to up, up to a point, but you think this is a predator, it's just netted, it's prey that it knows damn well it's just had a 
bloody hard time to get it's not going to take its time getting out a knife walking slowly up to it giving the alien a uh. chance because that's the only reason the alien wins there should be a proper situational thing where it's at any given moment either of them one false move you know, even if it's the environment giving way or something yeah one slight flaw which you actually had in the original comic where um machiko sees a a predator, you know, the, you have all these aliens advancing towards her, and her first sight of a predator, it shoots with this like handheld gun thing at one of the, the aliens. They all go towards this predator, and she, in the night narration, it says, you know, she, it reminds her of these samurai warriors from her childhood stories, but she says she could tell its, its skill was like it had mastered its skill but never faced an opponent. And even in that fight, okay, you've got several aliens against one predator. I think it would be better if you had one alien, one predator, but you that whole confrontation, it loses because it does one false move because it hasn't faced an alien before. It's faced other opponents, but not an alien. And I think if you can convey that onto the big screen, it works so much better than anything we've seen today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, say what you will about AVPR, but I think with The Wolf, they definitely, they corrected the bulky Predator mistake of yes. the first film. He was slender, he was athletic, and he was, like, jumping around and and very, like, calculating warrior-like. Unfortunately, the aliens were were very poorly handled in that yeah. film but that that was the thing on that one he went they went the other way they had the predator kind of like behaving right but every time he killed an alien it was because the aliens just did it was like the aliens were you know they had something wrong mentally he was literally holding two of them up very slowly pulling them out of the water and something like that okay it works well in concept art but you see how it works on the screen you're just thinking bullshit that doesn't work well do you want to talk about the um, Briggs's aliens then? Because oh yeah, yeah. One thing I noticed was that they use tend to use the tails a lot, um, and you know it wasn't just wasn't just dumb brawling. They were actively, um, you know, one of them disabled the predator's um, uh, wrist computer, um, stopping him from activating his self-destruct and. Um, as well as it's a criticism I tend I've, I have with Alien 3 which is the alien slaughtering everybody rather than taking them yeah. but Briggs has as both Briggs has, uh, has the aliens taking out some combatants and kidnapping others you know which you see in the hive later which I I liked um, what about you guys did you find Briggs handled the aliens well oh yeah I thought I thought he did him very well and he even specifies in the script that they have like six fingers and I think he said at one point that he was going for that original Geeker design that had, that had the hands like that um, so I kind of think about that when it comes to, to Alien Isolation and spoiler alert if you haven't played that game yet there's more <laughs> than one alien and you see a lot of these huge Geeker aliens near the end of the game together um so having image. aliens, right? Having aliens that are are that imposing and that true to the original Giger style, like having a number of them, I think would have made them much more threatening than we've seen them in in recent times. Well, he actually said in a later interview, Briggs, that he envisioned his aliens as being. Um, have you ever seen the model Alien Pile? 
Right, that's a yeah, little too it's a abstract. Japanese sculpture, I think. Yeah, ta- Takeu... Takea, I think. No, I it's hard to pronounce. Uh, there's, there's a picture in one of the articles, which I'll mention later on, um, that I've been working on. Um, now, I know I know you don't like them, Xenomorphin. I know you're not particularly mm. a fan of the elongated heads. Um, but it, it, the, the alien piles, are, for those that don't necessarily know, are... Is Giga's alien, but with a longer head, basically. Well, it's not just a longer head. The, the, my thing with it is, it's as art. Yeah, it looks really impressive. As you know, having that creature cannot because I know Briggs said in an interview that would be if he was directing it, that would be his alien. He referenced that specifically. Mm. And when I saw it, I thought, mm, because. To me, yes, as a piece of art, it looks really good. Like, you know, you have H.R. Giga piece of art, they look really nice as a piece of art. But as that creature on screen, I think it would look too much of a caricature of alien because it's given all the different proportions too much emphasis. It doesn't look like an alien, which works best when it looks like a proper biomechanical thing that would function as opposed to a stereotype or an emphasis in certain different ways the reason why the one in alien isolation works because it looks like an actual living breathing thing in all the right proportions the one that that particular sculpture the proportions look just way off that's why to me it just i like it as a piece of art but i don't want to see it on screen as a costume kind of thing yeah, I, I totally agree. The the heads are like really long, and the front of the head kind of turns back upward, so it's yeah. totally unlike any of the other alien designs. So yeah, I mean, as as artistic it's not value, overly. Like sculpture. I the rest of the design, I, I I'm on the other side here. I like this. I like the pile. You know, um, I'd I'd buy it if they if you had that and you like you had it out burst out of a different type mm. of creature. I wouldn't mind that, but if they're if you're going to have them, but they're the creatures that burst out of ordinary human hosts or whatever, I'd kind of like have, you know, fandom problems with it. But if it was that alien and it was shown that it looked like that because it came out of a different type of creature, I wouldn't have any problem with that. Which is certainly a possibility, you know, as... Yeah. Um, as but it... I still prefer the original mm. designs to that. Thing. Yeah, I'd, I'd always prefer the original designs. Yeah. But I... I like the the pile i mean uh, for those who don't necessarily know what we're talking about um, if you google um, alien pile takea t-a-k-e-y-a um, you'll be able to see it and it will be included in um, one of my articles about it, peter briggs um, so you'll see it. you'll have to let us know what you think of uh, that particular model um and, and just that, that's always been my thing about the Praetorians. I think so, well, you no don't think they're worth, yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't. If you want to have a different kind of design, just say that alien. Make it clear that alien came from a different type of animal, because then it, it you know, it fits into canon. No one has any design problem. You might prefer a different type of design, but you wouldn't have problem with it. You know, you don't like you don't like the function, yeah. do you? That's what you well, don't in, like. Well, I, I, with Praetorians, my thing is, well, you should have seen them in the Aliens Hive. Um, and also, it just, it, it's the, like a big, bulky, queen-like thing without the little arms, so it's just like a bigger target to me. Mm, well, they um, did always... ordinary aliens can do the same mm. thing anyway, but you just have them burst yeah. out of different hosts. Well, the Praetorians in the games, I think, are essentially 
it's supposed to be young queens, which is why they look like young queens. Um, Without the little arms. Yeah, there. and then of course you have the interpretation <laughs> yeah. from the comics then, who were supposed to be yeah. royal guards. And Alien Resurrection, where you see the queen has already grown that big in a short time. So I would actually like to see, you know, a story where it is a young queen. I, I don't count the Predalien as a young queen. I know the Strauss brothers made that out that it was, oh, might have been a young queen, but that was after a forum member of Maurice. That's a theory. I wouldn't mind to see a story where it was set within like a 24 hour period or something where it was like Alien, but instead of it being the conventional Alien, it was a queen. And there was a reason why she couldn't just retreat somewhere and make a nest. Um, something like that would be quite interesting to see as a story but um in terms of praetorians i don't think there's like a you know an, uh, an evolutionary need for them just have different aliens burst out of different hosts and you have the same basic um, thing they should be like one size fits all right i mean uh, the idea of the praetorians i think was that they were royal guard and if need be one could molt into a queen and and replace it if it had to and even even the game AVP 2010 ends with the alien having molted into a Praetorian and then to a queen. But all Praetorian material has always been, ex, you know, expanded universe. If they just wanted to do a juvenile queen that was meant to start another hive, I'd be perfectly cool with that, too. I mean, I think, I think the game probably actually better. had it. I think the game just had a normal alien just go straight into a queen right at the end, actually, didn't it? Well, you see, like, it's cocoon, it's you see the shape of a Praetorian, yeah. and it cracks open and it becomes a queen. I thought it was a, just went into a queen. Oh, okay. I'll have to well, go the, the, ga the games <laughs> always portray the Praetorians as young queens, though. I don't think they've ever been anything else. It was the comics that had the royal guards, if I remember rightly. So, I mean, it's been a while since I've played AVP 2. Or, yeah. But going back to earlier, because um, the sort of brought on two points I wanted to talk about then um, but going back to earlier talking about the Predators one of the things that Briggs did I thought he handled them really well in terms of their athleticism because he often had them doing like massive vaults and jumps and stuff like that and gracefully clearing um, you know the the rooftops of the colonies and stuff like that um, what did you think of the um, of Briggs's Predators as well? I mean, I, I thought they were well done. I He didn't take too much inspiration from the comic. They didn't have all the, the Yatja honor that they had in that. Um, but they weren't just indiscriminately killing humans either. They, they were there to kill the aliens. Um, I thought he handled them fine. Yeah, they were doing all sorts of crazy stuff in the fights, and it would have been something to see on screen. And like I said, that was my problem with, with AVP, is the Predators were just these hulking bulky suits and you could tell the performers were just struggling to even move in them so it didn't portray like a real living athletic powerful creature that could that could do all these things but you you felt briggs was all right with it or yeah yeah i, th I thought he handled him really well yeah i think with briggs is that the thing about his script uh, or at least the first draft i'm sure the second carried on this but um he didn't take much in the way of liberties with the creatures they felt more or less like you know these are the creatures from the movies um which it, for those who don't know much about script writing you tend to have to be wary of giving too much in the way of directions because directors tend some directors will literally go through any direction with a red pen and they will make it up themselves so i think 
taking liberties you have to be careful with anyway but i think with his creatures he didn't take much in the way of lived even the aliens i think he gave them i think he had it so that their dorsal tubes were creating the hive like resin yeah. but um he didn't really give them much in the way of new abilities or anything they the aliens and predators you know they did exactly what it says on the tin they they did what they were meant to do but they felt like aliens and predators um, I... the, the nice thing about the predators i will say is that like in the comic you get the impression you know humanity hasn't encountered it which unlike in the recent predator incursion but predators are just as alien to the human characters as the xenomorph type aliens are these are things which are alien creatures they are you don't get the the feeling they've been anthropomorphized into just mm. you know humans with masks on they are alien creatures in briggs script which is nice to see because a lot of stories they kind of they do anthropomorphize yeah, yeah. predators as yeah they just feel like humans with different skin on that's an issue i always have with um some of the predator stuff i don't like them being humanized yeah which I, I liked about Anderson's AVP script because you, either, everybody always says that historical flashback thing is like one of the best things about his film. And you do, it was nice to see them like they look like, you know, they were appearing to the ancient humans as like things from the sky. And you could tell humans were seeing them as something beyond humans. So you got that vaguely ominous here be dragons feel about the predator which hadn't properly come back since i know predator 2 tried to do it with you know the eyes of the demon sort of thing but you got it much more in the first predator where anna the cat the um their south american girl the captive she says you know we had stories of these things they used to come from men and they are you know the demons who make um trophies of men so you have that kind of these are not just um guys in suits these are a completely alien life form which it often gets lost in the fandom and uh, you mentioned earlier um you know briggs didn't do much sorry there's loads of things that tend to come off and i have to try and pick a point to go back to them <laughs> um no it's, it's good because we, we're talking you know there's a lot of stuff coming out um he um he doesn't give them a lot in uh, the way of new abilities. I think a lot of um, Briggs's script's power would ultimately come out in um, in the visuals. You know, seeing um, seeing them actually fighting and stuff. And you know, we mentioned earlier about the the hybrids, and he'd purposefully written in that they weren't all the same sort of no. looking aliens. And something I would always always want to see is multiple you know multiple versions i want to see the ridge headed yes. tops i want to see the flat headed tops i want to see the runners i want to see them all together in one frame yeah. and i think that you know he doesn't he doesn't do all the new abilities because the power of this film is would have been seeing all this stuff together on that screen um you know seeing all those different types of aliens together in one frame and the all-out battles that you would have got Compared to, um, sorry, compared to, um, you know, what we ultimately get in the end. Did you feel that it would have been a very sort of, um, it would have been visual power rather than fucking about with, um, you know, egg barfing or whatever? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if something like this, it's like even Briggs said in interviews that it's got, you look at the title, Aliens vs. Predator, you know what you're in for. 
but I don't think with like the Anderson thing and certainly the Strauss thing, they come off superficial. Um, at least in the way Briggs wrote it, it felt like the power of it was like in the comic. It felt properly exotic. Um, yes, there's gonna, the the visuals are going to be what you pay your money for, but um, it you know it felt like it fitted into that continuity. Um, that you know the these were people who were living on a you know a frontier type place in a, an alien jungle. So I, I think you know even in the downtime between action sequences, there's stuff to admire on screen. It doesn't have to be visual. I mean, it's. Um, I mean, what did you think, Ridge Tough, of how well the characters themselves were conveyed? Did they come across as sufficiently different to the comic? Do you think they, the characterization had more meat on it, or that it that he could have done with more characterization? Were these characters' personalities you would have been interested in seeing? Yeah, I I thought it was a bit hit and miss. I think with some of the main characters like Hiroko and Kamen, um he he put those characters across pretty well, but but I think the screenplay just had so many characters and so many survivors that it was juggling um, that it seems like it might have been stretched a bit thin um, and, mm. and not really focusing enough on particular characters. So I don't know, maybe he revised that in the second draft, but, but yeah, I think he could have used more characterization and more focus on a smaller group of primary characters. I think he does mention at one point that he did remove... Um... Um, Some of them. I know you said yeah. he threw stuff he felt didn't work. He, he, he threw, threw that. Yeah. But my, to me, I remember when I was reading through it, it was, I was about a couple of weeks ago, I was reading through it again. And because, you know, you re do realise he's kind of combined Hiroki with Machiko and he's, he's combined them into Horoko, Nujiguchi. Um, and um, I did think it actually worked better in the comic with keeping them separate because. Her boss, he does die later on in when predators are overrun because they decided we're not just going to go after aliens, we want to go after humans as well. And it led that more way because in the beginning of the story, he'd taught her to come out of her shell more, to, to like get her hands dirty and nick because she wasn't um, identifying with the, the ranch owners because she hadn't been out there getting dirt under her nails, seeing the sunrise, etc. He showed her how to do that at the start of the story so when he died it gave a kind of like more of a resonance to him being there and because those characters that were combined I, I thought oh you're missing out on that kind of like thing and that gave her character a bit more weight in the comic compared to Briggs version of it I right she I think she had more growth as a character in the comics whereas in, in the screenplay she was always capable and she was always likable yeah well um, I don't think it was that drastically different. I mean, yes, it seems it like... It wasn't drastic, no, but it would have been, you know, what? an instance of he took away one character, but I think it would have worked better with that well, I, I still think that Cayman essentially filled in the role of um, Hiroki, yeah. um, who who was the head mechanic. I mean, the, I've been reading it again, going slower, taking notes and stuff for another article, and um, they make a point of she is cold and um, distant and keeps herself away from um, from everybody like like she does in the comic but through Cayman in in the script she not to the extent as is in the comic but she does mm. start to um, associate a bit more mm. and um, 
I can't remember it being in the comic, but the the um, the script also makes a point of her being claustrophobic as well, um, which I thought made for the uh, the sewage bit very interesting. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting addition. Yeah, like, that didn't happen in the comic. No, mm. but I, I do agree with um, with you on that. There there is a lot of there is a lot of characters and a lot of uh, superfluous stuff. Um, but the, the the bulk of the main characters are I was relatively interested in. But again, we, that's the kind of stuff that he said would be polished up. Yeah, people need to remember because a lot of people on the forums they they just say, oh yeah I read that it wasn't all that great and I point out to them that he, you know it wasn't that he did it that he wasn't wanting to do it as a project even he literally did this over a space of very few days it was a, six weeks he said six weeks yeah. It was a very short writing, so something when you write an entire script like that very quickly over typewriter. And I think he said that when he got into it, he was really, you know, going. Uh, when you do something so quickly, six weeks, yeah, it sounds a lot, but when you're writing something of that length, you can really zip through it. So characterization it won't necessarily come through as strong as when someone says oh yeah we'd actually like to buy this from you oh what you mean you'd like to hire me for something no we'd like you to do this and you go oh oh okay i didn't really spend much attention on that so people need to keep stuff like that in mind it, he really zipped through this so where it does get messy it's he almost certainly would have polished it up how well he would have polished it up we don't know unfortunately but um you know the guy can write he can definitely write he's a decent writer what do we think of Broken Tusk in the in the in the script? I mean, they, uh, he's a predator. He didn't really get too much characterization either. He was, <laughs> I mean, he he was handled pretty well. I think they essentially he was the same type of predator you see in like Scar yeah. or Broken Tusk in the comic. He, you know, he was he was the leader and and he was impressed by uh, Hiroko's. Know, I guess warrior spirit going up against the aliens, and so decided to to take her along with him, just just like the other stories. Um, I mean, he's he seemed like a cool predator, but it would mostly I think how well he was done would come more down to his design, yeah. Yeah. design and performance. But yeah, I think it would it would have that would have been something that would have been translated much better with how it would have been directed and acted on screen. But what about the whole it pretty much just being his clusterfuck. I mean... The, the... Yeah, that that was odd, how he deliberately sent a queen there for... And that's never really explained, like, if he wanted more of a challenge, yeah. but it ends I, up... I inferred that. That he... You know, there's, there's a scene before he does it where he's chilling on his rock bed. Um, <laughs> yeah. which, I, which I assume is... is you're, the, you're the reptilian guy, um, Ridgetop... Um, no, that, no, that, that's my girlfriend. Okay, that's silly. That's not the reptile. <laughs> well, that, that, that's what they do, isn't it? They chill out on hot rocks. Yeah. Yes, they, yeah. they chill out on hot rocks. So I assume that was what that was playing on. But I always sort of inferred from that moment where he's in there toying with his skulls and stuff. It's like, I'm bored. Yeah, because he's just kind of like looking at his past things and thinking... No, it's like he's he's done video games on God mode, and he's just saying, "No, I'm going to start over from level one." I want because I think he looks at the queen at one point, and he literally does like he a, draws, he cuts a throat, a gun. It, yeah, yeah, yeah a, a cutthroat gesture or something like that. I thought he he uses like a symbol of a gun. He like uh, yeah, I think he's queen, it's, it's some sort of threat. Thing. 
yeah, it, it's like a hand, it's a gesture with his hand. I think I remember reading through it. I'm thinking, yeah, can, you can basically infer that he just, you know, he's thinking, I want to go up a level. I want to prove something to myself, or I just want to make this different. I want something. I'm. I've done this stuff before. I want to. It, you definitely get the feeling he's he's got a burst of inspiration. He's got an imagination. He's got a new idea. He wants to go. But I don't think. I think it would have been better if you'd have had something where he's like he's inferring to the other members of his group that, you know, this is going to be better. It's a unanimous decision. Yeah, yeah, it's something right. like that. I think it could have done with something like that. Yeah. yeah, if he had, like, shown other elite warriors that this is what he was doing rather than just not telling them after yeah. they all get killed. <laughs> yeah. But I guess it would be hard to really portray that on screen, so maybe he did do that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that that was been one of it. I mean, for all we know, we, but it would have been interesting to see that communicated more to the viewer. But how you would go about that, you know, there are ways and means of doing it if you want. I guess. Was it an accident in the comic? The queen yeah. distracted them yeah. so she could. Yeah. But in the comic, I will say, in the comic, it 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 looks a bit hand wavy in the comic. That you'd think they they'd have better safety protocols in the comic version. But so I think actually Briggs' version, where it's a deliberate decision, works better. Sense, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I it could have done that motivation way, across. Yeah. Really, yeah. Okay. Last thing then, I think I, I sort of want to ask about is um, how did you guys buy into the team up? Um, as opposed to the comic or as opposed to Anderson's film. I mean, it was it was bound to happen sooner or later. Um, I think it was handled fine. I don't think it was hokey or anything like that. I didn't even have a problem with it in the EVP movie, um, except for maybe the the bit where they're running in slow motion. But but I enjoyed that more than anything. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's the only bit that when it's the team up that I go. Oh, don't do it. Because the the music doesn't quite choreograph with that slow motion scene. Something the um, you know tends to be pointed out for the film is that um, Lex looked out on that kill. Um, you know she didn't earn yeah. it. Um, but do do you think Hiroko, you know, was was shown to um, have been worthy of um, you know being his buddy? Being yeah, her... because he was he was tracking her, and it wasn't until the last moment when. You know, she didn't cower or anything before the alien that was about to kill her. She she just pretty much yelled at it because she was she didn't have any other means of defending herself. She was out of ammo, and so he just swoops in and, and saves her. Um, yeah. But yeah, he, does he, he do it with prob- a pulse rifle? I think that's at the end when they're on the. I the know there's track. a part where the predator's using a pulse rifle, which could have come off as either cheesy or really cool, depending on how. That oh, wouldn't have bothered me. I mean, they're supposed to be advanced. I'm sure they can understand. Uh... Oh yeah, I'm just saying. You know, you you think that predator with a pulse mm. rifle? It's one of those things that can go either way. Don't they do it in one of the old beat 'em up games? Yeah, yeah, yeah the Capcom yeah, cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, what about you, Xenomorphin? Did you did you buy into it? Did you think it was uh, well represented? Yeah, yeah. Like like Rich Top says, I, I didn't have any problems with it. But um, you know, it, as he was adapting the 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 graphic novel, I mean that. Again, it is one of those things that pretty much had to happen, but it's not like it had to happen for the sake of it happening. There, you know, there's a reason for it. It comes across like a, a pragmatic decision, 
Um, I would love to see a story. I don't know how that could be done, but I'd love to see a story where somehow a human and an alien have to team up against a predator. I don't know how the hell that could happen, but it would be neat to see if someone could be creative enough to make that happen somehow. I don't know. But um, yeah, in the Briggs script, I, I didn't have any problem with it. Is there anything, any any other points you might like to point out about the um, about Briggs' script? Yeah, I mean, well, Fox still owns the script, and I know pretty much everybody except for me didn't like the two AVP films that came out. But I, I still hold out hope for a third movie. I think, given enough time, Fox is going to come back to that. There's there's still a lot of interest in that franchise. It's um, inevitable. Right, they will do a third movie. So, do you guys think that this script would work for a third movie, or do you think it's too close to the story of Anderson's film that it would just feel like a retread in a different setting? Well, after AVP came out, um, Briggs did say that Fox had actually stated they still had an interest in doing his script with a bit oh, of re- yes. with I a bit of that. reworking in quotation yeah. marks. So. You know, there's elements of Briggs's script that are Anderson used, and I don't think would necessarily you'd want to see again. I mean, I I wouldn't want to see another team up, um, mostly because I didn't really like Anderson's team up. Um, but the, the the core of it, I I would like to see. I would like I'd love to see Briggs as um, Briggs have another go as well and because his his overall approach i really enjoyed um you know it, it was brutal um and everything mattered and it was in the future um where i wanted like like you said at the very start it was rooted in alien it felt you know the avp has always been rooted in the alien side of things well, by necessity yeah really, because it's got to be in that timeline which i prefer i think it works better than modern day bollocks um so the i ver- think you could do it in modern day but you'd have to be very creative well and anderson done. tried that and you know well and yeah. to be fair i will give him his credit i thought it was a good idea yeah and um, i still say if he was in event horizon mentality rather than resident evil it could have potentially been mm. at least a decent stab at it more so than it actually was but at the end of the day like you guys, I want another EVP. I want a third one. Yeah. But I want it to be. And I know you hate it when I say stuff like this, Rich Top, but um, <laughs> a reboot, restart, reinvigoration, re somethings. Um, It'd have to be, wouldn't it? Yeah. I well, don't, it, it I don't d- want a sequel to Requiem. I don't want a sequel to Anderson's ideas. Right. Ex- exactly. But I think that you know a sequel doesn't necessarily have to be connected to the movie before it. I mean, you look at AVPR, it had a connecting story element at the very beginning, but other than that, it was its own separate film. And even Shane Black was saying when people were concerned about it that I'm not rebooting the franchise, I'm just doing a sequel that's unrelated to the original movies. So that's why I'm so iffy on the the terminology. Yeah, it's it's the connotation behind it. When when you look at things like the Tomb Raider reboot and the Star Trek reboot that just throw a lot of, of... core elements that the fans loved right out the window that's when i start to get worried but i i have no problem with an avp3 being completely unrelated yeah. to the first two i think that would be yeah. for the best mm. I, I think there's a difference between an unrelated sequel and a, you know, a reboot 
it's you you can have an unrelated sequel it's just a sequel it just doesn't feature any of the same character i mean i was looking back through some of the old comics i've got on the um, digital dark horse thing and there are some really nice just one shot things um i've always really liked the one where it's i think it's advent and terminus where it's a group of um like treasure seeking people they're going to alien pyramids on alien worlds and they encountered some aliens it's like a two issue thing there's another one that was called just alien alien which was set on this like um like a primitive tribe but they Mm. were alien beings and they had to defeat this xenomorph type alien which had you realize from your view as the audience it had come from a crashed human spaceship but from their point of view the humans were aliens as well and and that played out really well so there are some you know they have nothing to do with stories that came before they have nothing to do with the the films aside from the creature design but they work really well as little self-contained stories and you know the same goes for predator stories there are little self-contained predator stories that are really they have nothing to do with other um, characters but they happen to feature a predator so those can be really nice fresh takes on it as so long as they do have something fresh to you know there's a point to them doing it um in some cases you can say when a franchise has written itself into a corner it's time to in quote reboot but at the same time you have to ask yourself well, why can't it just be an unrelated sequel well that's more what i mean rather than you know re. i tend yeah. to i tend to think of reboot as um, a reinvigoration rather well, than, yeah, rather, I mean, rather than take the core elements and yeah chuck it out and redo it from it's it's fucking semantics really more than anything yeah. but what i do I mean, mean is is the... a new sequel that's independent yeah. of the others which and you go you go back to aliens and a lot of people i think even ridley scott i think um included they will say aliens work so well because cameron took it in a completely different yeah. direction yeah. but he preserved what's worked so well with the undeniably yeah so i think if you go in a different direction um there's you know there's nothing wrong with that which yes there are things about Blomkamp's salient five but that there are hints of it kind of i think the those of us who are at least intrigued to see what he's come up with that's what's intriguing us because it kind of like hints at that kind of like it's going off in a different direction but he right. may have something new and refreshing to offer especially with him talking so much about alien isolation has has really influenced how he would now visually present it which i think there again alien isolation it retained everything which worked really well about the originals but it took it off in a kind of it was familiar territory but it did it did something new with it yeah that's well the point i think for for avp is not necessarily do something new as what it should have been yeah right yeah definitely that's that's what briggs himself said i i've always come with you guys aliens versus predator is a great concept if someone does it well i mean if you look back at the original ridley scott alien you look back at the kind of ideas of what it could have been it could have been so much worse than it was Uh, yeah so if you do you've got to remember that this is why Avi. There are things I really like about Anderson's film. It doesn't quite work as a whole. There are even a two or three little things I like about Requiem, like how well they did the hive 
set design in the hospital, little things like that. But again, definitely as a whole, it doesn't really yeah. work for me. But if they did it, as I said, if they got like a, if they did an Event Horizon type feel to it, that if they made it like that as an AVP film, AVP, you know what you're going to get. It's aliens versus predators. You know what's going to happen. But if you get it right, like Alien Isolation got it right, um, there's so much mileage you could take from that. But unfortunately, you know, for comics and games of the AVP concept, they've kind of like been, to me personally, it feels like they've been trudging, you know, treading water. Whereas I look back on the first AVP story and it still stands up. It still feels yeah get it like that not carbon copy it but do it like that mm. yeah agreed by the way if if anyone listening to the podcast wants to read the script for themselves just google search peter briggs AVP oh no 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 they, they don't even need to do oh, that yeah. what oh, you are, need to are do. we gonna post the link oh, we've got it um yeah We've got links to um, yeah. all the scripts. Not not all of them, but most of them. All if, of them in the public yeah. domain. If you go <laughs> onto the website, um, www.avpgalaxy.net, under the site tab, under the drop downs, is the download section. And if you scroll down there, you'll find the movie scripts. And pretty much everything that is available um, and has uh, made its way out there. Is on there, and that includes things like the um, the script of Alien, where it's not a derelict ship; it's um, this weird um, government cylinder thing. Um, you know, the alien, oh, yes. the um, Alien Two treatment, um, which I always forget I've read and vaguely recall something like um, an EV in the um, atmospheric processor, or Hudson communicating with them on the radio after he's been taken by aliens. That's all in there. Uh, there's plenty of other bits and bobs as well, um, and if you scroll down to the bottom, you will find The Hunt, Aliens vs. Predator, first draft by Peter Briggs, dated September 4th, 1991. As right, well so, as so, the um, Anderson and all the other versions. Yeah, uh, well. we, we have a draft by Anderson dated 26th of September 2003. So, go to our site, don't yeah. go to Google. Yeah, f- fuck Google. And as well, if if you're really feeling like punishing yourself... The the <laughs> really early original EVP Requiem draft is on there. The oh, ones... I've never read that. I gotta check that out. Just oh my. Get drunk and read it. Oh, it's it's terrible. It's it's the script that um, Ain't It Cool News got hold of and did that um, script review of and absolutely trashed it. It's a fucking awful script. You'll you'll love it. Awesome. Um, but yeah, as, as well as that, as as well as that, um, hopefully by the time this podcast goes out, um, these will be up. But I've been working on two um, two articles, um, one of which um, charts the the early days of um, of the AVP um, film, like we've been talking about today, but in in a bit more detail. Um, Developmental process. Yeah. And the other one is for those that not necessarily don't want to read the whole script, but it's a, a script breakdown of the mm. story and um, particular things that I thought were interesting as I read through it and um, character, you know, little bits about the character and stuff like that. Um, yeah. it, it's that one that I'm working on at the minute. Um, so hopefully, um, you know, these will be up at the same time. So um, I'll include links in the... Um, in the news post, um, and if not, then just check back in a bit, and maybe they'll be up by then. Um, you can see all the um, all the latest features 
are on the right hand side of uh, the web pages um, if you scroll down uh, under the the, the sections on the right hand um, bit you'll find latest features and you'll you'll be able to see them there well here's a question um we said about would we like to see it as a film yeah okay with some modifications how would you feel if fox didn't want to make it a film but they said well we're going to do a special edition kind of thing we're going to make that we're going to modify we're going to ask peter briggs to modify his script into a comic how would you feel about that would it feel sufficiently different, different from the enough. original graphic novel uh would you buy it I would buy it, if only out of curiosity. I'm one of them people that will buy them just to make his own because mind Because you, you yourself, things. you said the visuals of what you look yeah. for. So I, I would be, be more interested in seeing it as a film. But mm. there are certain elements of that that I would like to see in any any format. You know, the, the multiple types of aliens all together in one panel, that kind of thing. Which is something we've seen in um, Tristan Jones. Oh yes, yes, um, the upcoming. Yeah, in in some of his um, previews for the Aliens Defiance um, um, comics. Uh, Is that the, the one about the female? Um, yeah, the the marine? the marine. Yeah, where yeah, it's, I'm interested in seeing. Yeah, one one of the previews he's posted um, appears to be um, the ridged uh, ridged headed aliens and the uh, smooths. And that's that's kind of thing I like to see. But yeah, I I would rather see see it as a, as a film. What about you, Ridgetop? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it would work great as a, as a third AVP film. If they did it as a comic, I'd, I'd get that too, but, but it would feel a little disappointing because I think it, it does have potential to be a feature film, so I'd, I'd okay. much prefer that. I could, I could see it as like a, um, even a like a motion comic. or a, hmm, that, that would I know be all of us say we'd like to see... The one medium, Alien vs. Predator, would really work well is because you wouldn't have to actually pay more of a budget to see bigger things on screen. It would all be the same budget. I think AVP as a concept would work exquisitely well as a CGI mm. thing. Or, or animation, I think. Um, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Like a, an animation CGI. Yeah. Thing. Uh, there's there's um, something uh, 343 and Halo's doing at the minute. Is, um, you know, is, is mini films. Miniseries, as and you know, we've had this recent one where it's um, the I fall. Mean, you remember the fall... in the in the games, they Blur Studio did yeah. like little miniature cinematics. And yeah, we always that's... pack when it was first released. We went, wow, that's what it could be like. Mm. Well, that's that's exactly what I'm sort of saying. You know, three four three are playing with all the little bits and bobs, and they've recently done an animated one. Um, I think AVP would work really well with that kind of short animated things i mean something that always gets brought up is this idea of a non-human um mm. aliens versus predator where it's literally what it says on the tin mm. but you know when you're talking about it it wouldn't work as a it wouldn't work as a motion picture because you know it's it's an hour and a half with no talking and yeah i, I think you kind of could, like in that alien alien story i think you could do it if you're creative but you'd have to be really mm. creative it would be a really big gamble but it would work well as a hour long half hour long whatever animated thing that wouldn't necessarily be a big gamble for the studio mm. well also i think cgi would get that dynamic movement mm. beautifully the, the pre yeah the predators and the aliens would be able to yeah. to move a lot better. i mean you know everybody always lords the practical effects and i'm sure we've talked about this before but um you know like 
being able to see Aliens Isolation Stompy moving around with the oh, yeah. grace that he does, I would quite happily have, you know, an, an all animated um, little short thing. I've said that as far back as seeing um, AVP Extinction's intros, that it would work well. Um, okay, I think we've pretty much covered Peter Briggs. Yeah, yeah looks fine. I think so. Okay, so this this is um, assuming that nothing um, drastic happens um, in December or after the recording of this. This will be our last one for 2015. Um, we are going to take a little break and end it on our, our 30th episode. Um, but of course, if something amazing comes up, we'll we'll do one. But um, current plan being, we'll come back in um, in 2016. Um, now we're, we're going to do a, a similar one like this on um, Alien uh, Engineers uh, before Prometheus became Prometheus. Um, you know, potential uh, interviews with um, some cosplayers. And um, one we were talking about earlier was uh, the idea of um, the using aliens of weapons. So, you know, we've got a few ideas coming up. Yeah. And, uh, of course, the new Predator book, which we'll talk about at some point. Once Ridgetop reads them and catches up, I'm pointing <laughs> yeah, at the computer. So, yeah, you know, th- thank you for thank you for joining us this year. Uh, thanks for visiting the site and listening. As always, you know, any, any comments, any suggestions... Um, any feedback you have on this particular episode as well, feel free to throw up on the forums or on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, you know, it's the 21st century. There's all all sorts of ways for you to get in touch with us. And, um, yeah, looking forward to 2016 and um, seeing where Ridley Scott takes the uh, Prometheus series. Hopefully somewhere more coherent and interesting this time. Definitely. So, um, from Corporal Hicks, thank you, and... Uh, Goodbye. And this is uh, Rich Top. And this is Xenomorphin. Signing off. <laughs>